Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of uh, the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter eight. We'll beginning with verse number uh, number four uh, this morning. You know, I don't know. Uh, sometimes when uh, when you tell people stuff, sometimes uh, what they hear isn't exactly what you've said. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. I go in the barbershop a lot of time, and I'll tell them like uh, they'll say, "What'll it be?" I was like, well, just do whatever. Just don't make me look like a pansy. And apparently all they hear is make me look like a pansy. And so, you know, you think about that, and a lot of times, uh, you know, you'll say uh, something to somebody and give them some instructions, and uh, then uh, they come back later, and uh, they're like, uh, well, did you do what I told you to do? It's like, well, I didn't hear anything. You know, we care, we're kind of interested in the way that we hear. Sometimes we say things, and we don't hear what the other person is saying. Sometimes when, uh, when we hear, we, uh, when somebody says something, we get to the point where we tune them out so we, we, don't, we don't hear what they're trying to say. Hearing is a very essential tool that we have, but a lot of us really don't know how to hear. And so this morning, what Jesus wants to do through the book of Luke is he wants to train our ears and teach us how we are to hear his word. And so as we get ready to hear from his word this morning, our, pr- our prayer is, is that you will focus and ask yourself, are you truly hearing what the Lord is saying to you this morning? So let's begin reading in the book of Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse number 4, we read this. And when a great crowd was gathered, gathered, uh, gathered and the people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to see uh, to sow seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell upon the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it did not have any moisture, and some fell along, uh, along the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and it choked it, and some fell into good soul and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he, uh, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said to them, To you it has been given, to, they are in parables. So this say for, uh, for this seeing that they may not see, and for hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word of God, receive it with joy. But those who have no root, they believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. And as for those, and for those who fell among the thorns, they are those who hear But as they go along their way, they are choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for the good soul, they are the ones who, hearing the word, hold it fast with an honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. But he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor anything secret that will not be known that are come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even that what he thinks he has will be taken 
away. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we so thank you for much, much for this day. Lord, we just thank you for the word of God, Lord, and just the privilege, Lord, as uh, people who live in this country, Lord, that we just have Bible on top of Bibles. Lord, I thank you for everyone that has come this way this morning and who sit every Sunday as we gather together and we listen to your word. But Lord, I just pray, Lord, we search our hearts to ask ourselves, Lord, this morning, are we really listening? Are we really hearing to what you have to say to us? Because if we truly hear your word, then we will respond to what you're saying in our life. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we hear you and that we respond to you while we still have the breath, while we still have this time on this earth. Lord, we give ourselves fully to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus is going through all the towns. It says a great, great crowd had gathered. And as the crowds are gathered, he gets ready to, to preach to them. And he chooses to preach to them in parables. And a lot of us, we like to think, and the definitions that we give about parables are, are these, these stories that really help us understand, that they live it in a little bit more clearly by using more metaphorical language, by giving us examples, by giving us images, and we think that this makes it easier for us to hear. But Jesus gives us a different example, a different definition of what the parables were. Because as Jesus goes and as he speaks these parables, that the meaning of the parable actually flies over the disciples' head, and they really have no idea what he's talking about. And, he, and they, they're like a lot of you, like on Sunday, you know, after I preach, you'll come up to me and you'll say, what in exactly in the world were you talking about? today. And that's what they did to Jesus. They said, Jesus, that parable, we didn't understand it. What was it that you were talking about? And he says to them, he says, you know what? To you, to my disciples, I speak to you plainly. I give you the secrets of eternal life. I give you the secrets of the kingdom of God. But to others, to those who are outside, to those who are not believers, to those who are in the crowds, I speak in parables so that they may see and never understand, that they may hear but never comprehend it in their mind. Jesus says a lot of things that right there. He talks about the purpose of the parables. And he said that, you know, the purpose of the parables, as, as contrary to what we think, aren't things that help us to understand more clearly. And we usually think that because we have the meaning of those parables. We have them defined for us. We have them explained for us as we'll see later on about this parable. But for them, you can just imagine just Jesus coming up and just telling this story to this crowd and just leaving it there. And it, they, were, they were perplexed as to what it might mean. And what Jesus says is that the purpose of the parables, I speak to these people in parables because I want to see it, how it resonates on their heart. You'll notice that phrase after he spoke to the crowd in this parable. After he gave that parable, he said that it was to say, I mean, that those who have ears to hear, hear. Everybody who has ears to hear, hear. In other words, all those who are spiritually awake enough, all those who are actually seeking after God, all of those to whom God has touched, it would actually mean something to. But for everybody else, it would fly over their head. In other words, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Jesus would speak these parables and it would fly over their head because they didn't have a desire to follow Jesus. They didn't have a desire to go closer to God. And so he spoke these parables and it meant absolutely nothing to them. 
But many in the crowd heard these parables and they were amazed and they were drawn to Jesus and they were responding to them. And they understood because God was actually working in their hearts, in their lives. And he said, I tell them in parables, I speak in these parables. So the scripture will be filled that they may see. I mean, that they may hear and never understand and they may see and never know. And he quotes here from Isaiah uh, as Isaiah in chapter six, as he's beginning to begin his ministry, as he's being called to God, he says, you're gonna go out and you're gonna preach to these people and you're gonna keep preaching and keep preaching and keep preaching the same message. But you know what? These people are just stiff-necked and they're not gonna respond. They know they need to turn. They know what the truth is, but they're not gonna listen to you. And so I want you to preach and preach and preach until the heart goes dull into the fact that they get to the point where you preach the word of God and they can't stand it. So to some, when Jesus spoke these parables, they spoke as words of life. But to those who were not inclined to God, to some of them, it just flew over their heads. So what makes the difference? He tells us, and the meaning of this parable. The disciples asked what this parable was about. And Jesus asked, uh, and Jesus told them, well, here's what the parable is about. The parable is this. The seed that the sowers were sowing was the word of God. And it could be the word of God as Jesus was speaking it. It could mean the word of God as the prophets were speaking it. It could mean for us the word of God as we read it to the text, but it could also mean the word of God as it's being preached on Sunday. But the seed represents the word of God. He said, I want you to catch this image that the word of God is just going out there. It's just being spread amongst. It's just being thrown out there in the open. I got a big bag of the word of God and I'm just throwing out the message. I'm throwing it out in this big crowd. The preachers, they get up there on Sunday morning and they're preaching in the word of God and they're just throwing out into a mass of hearers. People will pick up their word of God at night all over the world and they will read it. But there's going to be a difference in the way that these people respond because some people will respond like this, like the first people. He says that those first people, that first group of seeds, it fell upon the rocky ground. And since it was on the rocky ground, the wind was able to blow it away. The Satan was able to come up there and snatch it. So they never really had a chance of believing. And this described the people who had hard hearts. People whose heart had been hardened by not responding to the word of God. And it reminds us of an image that the book of Hebrews tells us in chapter 3, and listen to what he tells us here in verse number 12. It says, take care, brothers, lest there is in any of you uh, a heart of evil, an unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the, li from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the bitterness, I mean, by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed you have, even if you did, you hold confidence, your original confidence, from now to the end. As it, it says, and he quotes from uh, Psalms 95 here, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in 
the rebellion. A lot of people have hardened their hearts to what the Word of God has to say. They've heard that message so many times, but they tell them no. And after you ignore it so many times, and every time you ignore what the Lord has to say to you, that heart gets just a little bit harder, a little bit harder, and a little bit harder. And it gets a whole lot easier for Satan just to come and just snatch it away. Many of us will sit here on Sunday and we'll hear the preaching, but it has absolutely no impact, our meaning, and our life. The seeds that fell upon the path. Then there are ones that fell upon the rock. And when those seeds fell upon their rock, you know, they were excited there for a while, and it seems very quickly, buddy, a plant just sprung up. But it didn't have any roots, and it didn't have any nourishment, so it didn't last very long. And so Jesus says, you know what this is? This is a shallow heart. This is all those people that hear me preach and hear the Word of God, buddy, and they just get excited. Man, they just come down the aisle, and they're wailing, and they're crying, and they're talking about how they need to change. And man, they're just so excited. They're on fire for God. And man, it just, everything just looks great. But then it says, you know what, then, but then the testing comes. Then the hard part comes. And because they have no roots, they fell away. A lot of us get very emotional when we talk about the Word of God. A lot of people will get emotional in a revival service. A lot of people get emotional when they read the Word, and they'll say, man, I know I need to change. I know I need to do away with this in my life. I know this is what the Lord is calling me to do. And they get all excited, and there's all kind of emotion but you know what? There's no root and there's no substance. And so they're all excited on Sunday, but you know what comes after Sunday? Monday. And Monday ain't like Sunday, is it? And Monday comes the temptations. Monday, Monday comes the testing. The Monday comes where you actually have to put action behind your emotion. And after they were tested, they were found to be all emotion, but no substance. And so they just blow away. Then he talks about people, some more seeds. He says, you know what, that seed, that, uh, that seed that fell upon, uh, that fell upon uh, the good soul, but it was there in the weeds. He says, you know what, that's the seed that kind of, Grew up in there, but it got in that soul, and maybe that soul was good, but you know what? And it started growing up, but you know what? There were some other things growing there with us. There were some more, there were some more weeds. And as they grow up together, that eventually that those weeds began to take away the nourishment. They began to take away the nutrients that that plant needed. And so that fruit didn't mature. And so what is he talking about here? talking about a divided heart. James talks about that in the book of James chapter 1, 
beginning in verse number five. Listen to what he says. For if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him who ask, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like it's like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed about by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. What is that? That's someone who hears the word of God and says, God, I want to do a lot of things for you. But you know what? I got a lot going on. God, I want to serve you more. But you know what? I got a lot of stuff going on. I got, I got ball games to go to. I got work to tend to. I got my fishing boat to tend to. I got this to tend to. Lord, I just, I want to do things for you. But you know what? I got a lot of whole other things biding my time. And so what does it say happens to that? It says that fruit, I mean that branch, that tree, that plant, whatever it is, it'll grow, but that fruit will never grow on it. There will be the branch, there will be the trunk, there will be the roots, there will be all the things, and it will look like what it's supposed to be. If you plant an apple seed, you will see that trunk start to grow, and you'll see those branches branch out, and you'll see those leaves pop on there, but you'll never see any fruit because there's so much, there's so much biding for the attention of those precious nutrients, those precious resources of life. And so the weeds and the apple tree grows together. But I have to ask you a question. What's the purpose of an apple tree? Anybody know? What's the purpose of an apple tree? Grow apples. So if you ain't growing an apple, you ain't making a good apple tree. And if I'm the owner of the apple orchard, and I'm looking out there, and I'm looking there, and I'm looking down at that apple tree, it ain't growing no apples, and it's supposed to be growing apples, you know what I'm about to do? I'm about to go chop down that apple tree. And I'm going to take my axe, and I'm going to chop it down, then I'm going to saw it up, and I'm going to have me some good apple wood, and I'm going to take it to the preacher and let him put it on a smoker. We, as believers, our job, our purpose in life is to produce fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Humility, self-control, there's supposed to be something that is able substance to be able to see. There's a product that is being produced. There's something that God wants to grow in us. There's something that's supposed to be developed in us, not just for us to just sit around and be a pretty little tree. And God's word challenges at our heart. And he speaks to us with ways we need to change and things we need to do, and how he wants to call us up to something more. But you know what? We got other things going on, and we ain't got time for that. And that's why so many of us here look like apple trees, but we never reach our full potential because we got so much other stuff that we're spending our time on.
and we never devote ourselves fully to Christ. But then there's the other seed. This other seed, he says, is the seed that falls on the good ground. And to listen to what he says happens to this in verse number 15. He says, uh, as for that, that fell on the good soul. Who are they? Those are those who hearing the word, and I want us to listen to what's described here, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. He said they hear the word of God and they hold it fast. That thing, that word, that thing that has been spoken to, that thing that they have read has heard in their ears, but now it has kind of seeped into their mind to where they are thinking about it. And, I, and we usually use the term meditate on it. It's where you take what God has said to you, what God has revealed to you, what you've read in Scripture, and you hold it fast in your mind and you start thinking about what God is really trying to say. And you start thinking about your life and how this impacts your life and how God would want to change your life. You sort of internalize it. You begin to take it from your ears and start it to work it in your mind as to what it's supposed to do. He says you hold fast to it, and then he gives the condition of the heart. It says the heart uh, is an honest and good heart. And that word honest there, uh, the, the root or the sentiment is, it's drawing to a... Um, to a receptiveness. It's to an agreeing is what it's talking about. And so we come to the point where we hear that word that God has spoken and we agree with it. We accept it as truth. We accept it as truth in our life and we accept it as something that is going to be applied in our life. And not only is our heart honest, but it also is good. It is pure. It is seeking to do what the Lord wants us to do. And so the one who hears this in the good soul is someone who applies it into their mind and into their heart. And then finally, what does he do? And bear much fruit with patience. It comes from your ears. Then it goes to your head and your mind, seeps into your heart, and then all of a sudden spirals out into your life, and you bear much fruit. The fruit is what people can see. The fruit is what people can recognize and see that your life has changed. If I go to an apple tree, you know, I don't know much about trees or, or any of those things like that, but if I go and uh, I see apples, I know that's an apple tree. If I see pecans, I see it's a pecan, I know it's a pecan tree. If I see it's a pear, I know it's a pear tree. I'm known, those trees are known by their fruit. And it says, if you really apply the word of God with an honest heart and put thoughts in it, then it'll produce something in your life. But you do it with patience. And isn't it good to know that Jesus tells us it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna take time. And that's where that person that had the shallow heart really fell short at. He didn't realize that changing his life is going to take time. So he tells us this parable. And then he adds on some parables on this to get us to think about what it, the message he's trying 
to get us to hear. Listen to what he says. He says, no one lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to the light. What is he saying here? You know what? The word of God isn't just like a seed. The word of God is the light. It's the light of the world. And what's the purpose of light? The purpose of light is shining. And if God has shined his light, if God has shined his light in your heart and your life, it's not supposed to just be hidden. It's not just supposed to be something that's for your personal devotion. It's not something that just stays with you in the pew of the church. It's not something that just stays on your notebook that you keep at your quiet time. But it's something that you're supposed to take out and let it shine. Let everybody see it. Let everybody know it. Let everybody recognize what Jesus is doing in your heart, in your life. The word of God is the light of the world, and he wants us to take that light out and shine it. Because let me tell you, the world isn't going to shine the light of God, is it? Because the world loves darkness, and all the world is just filled with just so much darkness. And Jesus is waiting for those of us who, to whom he has shown the light of the word of God in our life to shine it in the world. So we take that light. How do we respond? We take that light and we let it shine. How do we respond also? Listen to what he said that next leaf. When he says, you know what? There's nothing that's hidden in secret that's not going to be made manifest. In other words, and it goes on to say that there's nothing that's going to be hidden, that everything is going to be exposed when it comes into the light. So what is he saying? Not only do we let the word of God shine out into the world so other people can see it, but we also need to let that word of God examine us from the inside. We need to let that word of God just permeate in our heart to look around to see all those secrets that we've been keeping, to look around to see all those attitudes that we have in our heart, to see all those grudges that we're holding, to see all those, uh, those, those things that we are, are, are saying no to God to, to say all those things that we are getting. We need to turn that light, not only and let the other people see it, but we need to shine it in our heart so you can expose the inner being. But notice then he gives us a stern warning. Listen to this. He says, take, take, uh, take care then now how you hear. Pay attention. Pay attention to how you hear. Pay attention. Are you someone that just hears the word of God and just ignores it? Are you one who just steadily gets excited for a while but then goes back to your normal life? Are you a person who, um, who uh, wants to do the word of God, but yet you got so many other things going on, so you just kind of put it off? He says, pay attention. Pay attention how you've been hearing because there's only one way to hear. And listen to what he says. He says, um, for the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. There's a price for hardening your heart against what the Lord 
is speaking to you. Pay attention here. Everybody thinks that we got time. Everybody thinks that we can get around to it when we want to. Everybody thinks that we got the ball in our court and we can do whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it and just get around to it whenever. But listen to what he says here. He says, you know what? When you hear the word of God and you feel me speaking to you, when I give you a revelation, when I start tugging at your heart in the invitation, your response is supposed to be to coming. Your response is supposed to be to obey. And the more you respond and the more you obey, the more that I show you. It isn't that what Jesus told his disciples. You know, all those people out in the crowd I speak to in parables, but now you've responded to the call. You have responded to the call to come follow me, and now I'm showing you the mysteries of life, and I'm going to show you more and more and more. And the more that we respond to God, and the more we act on those revelations that he gives to us at the time, the more he's going to show us, the more he's going to do with us. But conversely, the more... We get used to rebellion. The more we get used to telling God no, we start moving backwards. We'll hear the Lord start moving, start moving. Say, Lord, I mean, I need you to come make a decision. And we'll hold that pew. Lord, I'm not going to do it. Then the Lord will speak to us again. We'll hold that pew and say, Lord, I'm not going to do it. We'll hear the Lord talking to us in our quiet time, say, man, I want you to go do this. And you'll just say, Lord, I'm not going to do it. And you'll keep telling that and keep telling that till eventually you don't hear them anymore. It's not that you don't hear them. It's not that you don't, he's not speaking to you. It's just that you're going backwards. Because if you don't respond and you turn him away, eventually when he speaks to you, you'll let all other things that you got going in your life crowd you out. And if you still keep ignoring him and letting all those other things in your life crowd you out, then your life is just going to be the ups and downs of emotions. And every time that you're tested, when you hear that word of God speaking and you want to respond to it, but yet when that time of testing comes, you fall away, You fall back, and then you get to the point when the Word of God is all around you, but yet your heart is so hardened because of your rebellion. It doesn't take nothing for Satan to come snatch it away. We are not on our own time. When God speaks to us, we need to listen because we don't know it's the last time that the Lord may speak to us. And so we need to respond. There's only one way to hear, and it's the way of the pure soul. There's only one way for us to react to the word of God. It's by holding it into our minds and receiving it with an obedient, clear, pure heart and allowing it to produce fruit in our life. And letting the word of God shine. 
Is the Lord speaking to you this morning? Today's the day you need to hear. Today's the day you need to respond. Today's the day you need to begin to produce fruit in your heart. All of us who has ears to hear, I pray we hear what Jesus speaks to us this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how great it is to have your word in our life. How great it is to be able to hear it. How great it is to be able to read it. How great it is that your Holy Spirit speaks to us. But Lord, too often, when we feel you telling us to move, we harden our hearts. We let other things get in the way. We let the distractions consume us. But Lord, we need to realize we need to realize we may not have that opportunity again. And we need to respond to you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and say. Just as I am.